0: Open it up to John chapter seven. John chapter seven. Today I want to talk a little bit more about the Holy Spirit. And uh, how many of you know the Holy Spirit is very important because He is the only part of the Godhead that is on the earth right now. Amen. Amen? Uh, God the Father is up in heaven. Jesus is uh, sitting on the right hand of God the Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. And the Holy Spirit's on the earth. So the Holy Spirit is the only part of the Godhead that's on this earth right now and he's very important. So today specifically, I want to talk about what offends or what grieves the Holy Spirit. The Lord really laid this message upon my heart today and uh but you know, it's possible as a Christian for you to put a wedge between you and the Holy Spirit. How many of you know it's a sad thing when we as Christians grieve the only part of the Godhead that's on the earth trying to help us out. In fact, he's called the helper, amen? He's called the helper, and, but we can put a wedge between that relationship. I've heard so many Christians uh, come up to me and they say, you know, that their spiritual life is so dry and empty and, and they don't feel close to God anymore. Well, listen up, because I'm going to give you a clue of maybe why that's happening in your life. Uh, most of the time I tell them, I say something like, um, well, maybe you did something. Maybe there's some unconfessed sin in your life. You, know, you need to confess that sin. You need to put it under the blood of Jesus. It's still hanging around. It's still a hindrance. It's still a wedge. It's a wall between you and the Holy Spirit. I said, or there's something presently in your life that is grieving the Holy Spirit. There's something that you're presently involved with or, or something in your life, maybe an idol in your heart, or something in your life that's blocking that flow. That flow of the anointing in your life, and that's why you're feeling dry. You see, the Holy Spirit is a person. How many of you heard that before? The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, don't take that wrong, because if you don't know what I'm talking about, you might think, "Well, what are you talking about? He's he's a person like us." And the, no, I'm not talking about flesh and blood. I'm talking about what defines a person is that it has mind, will, and emotions mind, will, and emotions. And the Holy Spirit has all three of those things, and he qualifies as a person. He's not just a thing. If you notice, the Bible calls the Holy Spirit him, a personal pronoun, right? Not just cousin it, amen, (laughs) right? Not just an it, not just a thing, but he's a person. He has mind, will, and emotions. Um. And being grieved or offended is an emotion. Amen? Has anybody ever offended you in your lifetime? Yeah, I'm talking to someone out there. Well, how did that affect your relationship with that individual? If someone keeps doing something that's going to offend you, didn't it push you away from that individual? It like put a wall up. That line of communication, you're not vulnerable anymore. Amen? You got that wall up. You're not going to be hurt by that person. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? Well, the Holy Spirit, it pushes the Holy Spirit away. And uh, so just as you would be offended or grieved by someone doing something in your life, the Holy Spirit's grieved or gets offended. Amen? Uh, But, so as a Christian, your relationship with the Holy Spirit has the same dynamics involved, just like any other relationship. My relationship with Elizabeth, yours with your spouse, with your sister, with your brother, with your—it has the same dynamics involved, amen. And any time you cross that barrier that you just shouldn't do in a relationship, it's going to put a wall up. It's going to offend somebody. Am I talking to someone this morning? Now, um, remember this: you will get out of a relationship as much as you put into it, and that goes with your earthly relationship. That goes with your relationship with the Holy Ghost on this earth with the Lord, amen. If you're constantly doing things that offend another person, like I said, it's going to push them away. And that line of communication is stopped. That flow of the anointing is stopped in your life. And that's where people get to the point where they say, I just feel so dry spiritually. I go to to pray and I don't feel anything. I end up falling asleep when I try to talk to God. Well, there's probably something in your life that's hindering that flow of the anointing. Because go to John, John 7... 37 through 39, I want to read this morning. Starting off here. It says this, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart, or out of his spirit, where the Holy Ghost lives, will flow rivers of living water but this he spoke concerning of the spirit or the holy spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the holy spirit was not yet given because jesus was not yet glorified so jesus was saying that uh, those who believe on him as the scripture has said so come on you got to stay in line with scripture when you're believing jesus how I many you know there's a lot of people out there preaching uh, Jesus, but it's another Jesus as Galatians talks about. It might not be the Jesus of the Bible. Amen? We got to be careful about that. And it's interesting how Jesus said, Those who believe on me as the Scripture has said. Not what their own mindsets are about Jesus, but what the Scripture says about Jesus. Now, this is interesting because Uh, He said out of his heart or out of our heart or out of our spirit man where the Holy Ghost lives as a Christian, that rivers of living water would flow out. And those rivers of living water include joy and intimacy with the Holy Spirit. He's talking about relationship. He's talking about the anointing flowing out of your life. And if you don't have that joy, if you don't have that intimacy, there's a problem. Because Jesus said, those who believe on me as the scripture has said, you're going to have that river flowing out of your belly. Amen? So what's the problem then? If you don't have that joy, if you don't have that excitement in your spiritual walk with God, there's a problem. Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) Right? Well, let's try to figure it out. The Holy Ghost gave me some things to share with you today. Um, But, you know, when you think about it, how foolish it is for us to grieve and offend the Holy Spirit, to push him away in our lives. Because he's the one, after all, he's the one who created us, the Spirit of God. We're formed by him. He is the one who holds the wisdom for every situation. He's the one who wants us to succeed in every area of our life. He's called our helper. How many of you know if someone tries to help you with something, you can resist that helper from helping you? Well, I just want to help you. No, 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 I'm going to do it my, well, I just want to help How foolish it is for us to push away the Spirit of God. In fact, God calls him a gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't know about you, but if someone's going to give me a gift, I'm not going to push it away. Uh, Amen. I'll take a gift. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, uh, but he's the one who uncovers and reveals the riches of Christ to us as Christians. Yet, there's times when we stop the flow. We just cut him off. He desires that relationship with every Christian, every, every person, in fact, even the unsaved. That's why, I mean, it's his desire to get the unsaved saved. Why? Because he wants that relationship with them. And how much more those of us who are Christians already, how much more should we be opened to that friendship, that help that he's willing to give us? Amen? That's the secret of living an abundant life. Amen? Flowing in the Holy Ghost, being led by the Spirit of God. So my goal in this message today is to give you some points on how the Holy Spirit can be offended and grieved in your life. Keep in mind that I can't share with you every point on this subject. Like I said, every sermon is just a piece of the puzzle. I I can't preach everything I want to share with you in one sermon, right? But if you keep coming back every Sunday, here's a puzzle, here's a puzzle, boy, they start to fit together. It's a puzzle. That's coming together. So I I can't share everything with you, but I can give you just some points that I felt led by the Holy Ghost to share with you today. All right, number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. The Holy Spirit is offended and grieved when we ignore the Word of God every day. I'm talking to Christians right now. The Holy Spirit is offended and grieved with us when we ignore the Word of God each day, every day. After all, the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. Amen? He knows that your whole spiritual walk on this earth is dependent upon you feeding on the Word of God every day. And if you're not feeding on the Word of God every day, you're going to get dry. You're going to get dry spiritually. Guarantee it. Um, In fact, the revealing and uncovering of the benefits Come to you as you read and study the Bible. So many people say, "Well, I just don't understand." I don't. Well, what do you mean? You know, they come to church and they'll hear something. They're like, "I don't understand." I'm like, "Well, did you go home and study it for yourself and pray, ask the Lord to show you some things?" No. Well, you got to do it yourself too. God wants you to put some effort in your relationship with Him, right? Amen. This is not a Pope thing. Amen. You go home and you do your own studying. Amen. In fact, what I say, you need to go home and study it for yourself so you can be convinced of yourself and have scripture to back up what I'm saying. Well, I hope I'm going to give you some, but, but you need to go home and study it for yourself. Look at Second 2 Timothy, Second 2 Timothy 2:15. The Holy Spirit is offended and grieved when we ignore the word of God each day. It's a slap in the face to the author of the word, the Holy Spirit. He put it on this earth, the word of God on this earth for a purpose, for a reason. To give us guidance, to show us how to live our life. 2 Timothy 2:15 says this, "Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed." rightfully dividing the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved. God is giving us a clue here saying, you need to study the word as a Christian. Amen? Now, I want you to notice something else, that there's a difference between reading and studying the word. How many of you know? Amen? There's a difference. Reading is just a casual, okay, you're reading the word. But studying is when you really dig in. You, might, you sit down with a concordance and maybe some other study books, and, and you sit down, and you, you're looking up the Greek words that, and the richness it pulls out of a verse. And, and, you know, I mean, there's a studying going on. You're taking time on maybe one verse and digging into the riches that are in that one verse. So there's a difference, right? But listen to this it says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightfully dividing the word of truth. If you don't study the word, evidently it will bring shame into your life as a Christian. Did you catch that from that verse? If you're not studying the word, it'll bring shame into your life as a Christian. How? Well, let's get a little practical now on a, on an example here. Maybe you have a belief that is totally against what the Bible teaches about that topic. I mean, you know, there's a lot of Christians running around out there who who have a belief maybe about spiritual gifts you know, tongues or whatever, anything, baptism in the Holy Ghost. They have beliefs and they, you know, they're stuck on what they were taught when they were a young kid and and that's it. That's it. And and they don't go back, they don't go in and study it for themselves. So, but if you have a belief that's against the word and you go around trying to justify your unscriptural mindsets, come on. Amen. How many of you are Christians go around arguing their point point? And they don't have any scripture to back it up. How many of you know when they find out what the truth is on that matter, it brings shame to them? They're like, why was I so stupid to prove my point? And I didn't even have scripture to prove what I was believing. Amen? Not, not studying the word can bring shame into your life as a Christian. Uh, so you need scripture to back up what you believe. And if you don't have scripture to back up what you believe... Just keep your mouth shut and open the Bible and study it for yourself. Amen? Get a proper foundation in your walk with God. And you can only build that foundation on the Bible, the Word of God. I found this out in my life. When you take the Word of God and your Christian walk seriously by dedicating your time and effort to read and study God's Word and pray, your level of intimacy with the Holy Spirit goes out the roof. It increases immensely. Let me say it again. I found this out. When you, take the time, uh, when you take the time as a Christian to study the word of God, taking it seriously by dedicating your time and effort. Oh, come on. It takes time and effort to do this. Time and effort to study the word of God, to pray. Your level of intimacy with the Holy Spirit will increase greatly. Because you're showing him, hey, I mean business with you, God. Now I know it's not just a religious thing. It's not just a tradition to me. It's not just a thing that my mommy and daddy took me to church when I was younger. But now it's about relationship. And how many of you know to build a relationship, you need to put time (laughs) into that relationship? Right? Husbands and wives, you know what I'm talking about. Right? Right? But when you put spiritual things as priority in your life, the Holy Spirit will reward you for it remember that. When you put spiritual things as priority in your life, the Holy Spirit will reward you for it. Now, the flip side of that, the flip side of when you ignore the Word of God, when you ignore spiritual things such as prayer, meditating on the Word, studying, you offend offend, and grieve the Holy Spirit. Because He expects you and I to get into the Word of God. He expects you and I to cultivate that relationship with Him. In fact, the, the older you get in your Christian faith, from the time you were born again, the, the each day your relationship with God should be growing. Just like a, a person. Well, most people get more mature as they get older, right? Now, I say most people because I know some who aren't. <laughs> Amen. I'm not talking about anyone here. Amen. But uh, as you get older, your maturity increases. Well, same in the spiritual. As you get older in the Lord, your maturity in the Lord Spiritually needs to grow, right? And I know there's some Christians who've been Christians for over 20 years, and they're still walking around in diapers, spiritually speaking. Amen? Now, uh, okay, number two. The Holy Spirit is offended and grieved when you lack faith in God's word. When you lack faith, when you lack trust in what God said in his word, that grieves the Holy Spirit. That offends him. He takes it personally. You need to understand, when you lack faith in God's word, like I said, the author of the word of God takes it personally. The Holy Spirit's track record in your life has been perfect. Uh, that word of prophecy that came forth today, what, what was that word that came forth today? That one part. Was, the Lord spoke through Sharon today and said, uh, basically, you can trust me, Right? It was interesting that the Lord had her speak that word because this is exactly in my sermon today. I have this written down. The Holy Spirit's track record in your life has been perfect. Perfect. He has never given you any reason for you not to trust him. He has never let you down and he never will. Now, you have no just cause to lack faith and trust in God's word other than the fact that you didn't read and study the Word of God for yourself. How many of you know we are the ones? The Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, they're perfect, right? They love us. They're never going to let us down. But how many of you know we're the ones that let them down? We're the ones that don't tap into the anointing. We're the ones that don't take advantage of everything they have for us. One way to do that is to grieve the Holy Spirit and to cut off that life source. Amen? Amen? So the Holy Spirit's track record has been perfect. Faith comes by hearing the word of God over and over and over again, right? God never fails, like I said, but when we choose to focus on circumstances that we see and other things rather than on the promises of God, that's where the offense comes in. He's saying, look, I never let you down. Haven't you read in the word of God that his word is perfect, right? That... He's not man that he should lie. God doesn't lie. God just doesn't tell us things, things in the word just to tickle our ears. No, he means what he says, and he says what he means, right? So first off, someone needs to hear this. Your first foundation as a new Christian, you have to understand this is not just a book. This is not just some good piece of literature. Yeah, that's that, but it's the word of God. This is God communicating to mankind. Amen. The Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. I like that. (laughs) Basic instructions before leaving earth. Hallelujah. How many of you agree that Jesus was totally and completely led by the Holy Spirit when he lived in the flesh on this earth? When he walked on this earth, how many of you agree that Jesus was a man that was totally and completely led by the Holy Spirit? He never did anything outside of the leading and direction of the Holy Spirit amen? Well, listen, when the Holy Spirit was grieved, Jesus was grieved also, and he made it known. In fact, the, the, uh, there is perfect unity in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If one is grieved, they're all grieved. You understand that? One doesn't work outside of the other. There's perfect unity. Wouldn't that be a mess if there was division in the Trinity? the Holy Ghost is off doing his own thing, and God the Father is trying to tell the Holy Spirit, hey, you tell him this, and he's saying, no, I don't want to tell him that. Can you imagine the mess that would make that division? That's why God's so against division, because there's perfect unity in the Trinity. If one is grieved, they're all grieved. If one's happy, they're all happy. Amen? Now listen to this. Uh, Every time a person lacked faith when Jesus was on this earth, every time a person lacked faith, uh, Jesus rebuked them for it, didn't he? Remember? Hey, where is your faith? Remember those instances in the gospel? Jesus rebuked them. He said, Where's your faith? Well, evidently, G- the Holy Spirit wasn't e- happy about that either, right? A lack of faith will grieve the Holy Spirit and offend him. Don't forget that. Amen? And plus, if you lack faith and trust in God's word, you are stripping the Holy Spirit of the very tool he uses to communicate with you. How many of you know that verse that says that Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance all things that I have said unto you? Remember that? The Holy Spirit brings scripture to our remembrance. So if you lack faith and trust in the word of God, you're stripping the Holy Spirit of the tool he uses to try to pull you out of the pit in life. Think about it. Just giving you some food for thought today. Um, So... Hebrews 4 2, listen to this. Hebrews 4 2 says that hearing the word must be mixed with faith in those that hear it to profit you. How many of you want to profit on this earth? How many of you want to live a victorious life? Raise your hand. Yeah, wave it at me. You want to profit. You want to live a victorious life. I know you do. Well, it says that faith has to be mixed in when you hear, hear and read the word of God. How many of you know there's a lot of people out there who read the word, all these scholars and stuff, but there's absolutely no faith mixed in it, right? They're always trying to disprove the word. They can't do it, amen, because now there's historical evidence that's proving everything in here. I just watched a show that was uh, talking about that the Noah's Ark is still on Mount Ararat. How many of you have seen that before? Noah's Ark. They have pictures of it. People testifying back in the World War II when they'd fly over Mount Ararat, they said, we seen a man-made structure on there, and it was like a barge thing. It's Noah's Ark on there. Everything, history is proving the Word of God now. (coughs) Amen? Hallelujah. But anyways, when you study and read the Word of God, there needs to be faith mixed in for you to profit. And I know you all want to profit. Hallelujah. Number three. What else offends in Grieves The Holy Spirit Rebellion Rebellion offends and grieves Infuriates Rebellion infuriates the Holy Spirit If you're a backslidden Christian today The Holy Spirit's infuriated That you took that step of faith To make Jesus your Lord and Savior But now you broke that covenant And and stopped back into the world Rebellion is simply disobedience To the word of God When you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you entered into a covenant with God. Amen? How many of you know that? It's a covenant. And you at that time were agreeing to live by His standards. And everything that you have belongs to Him, everything that He has belongs to you. That's what a covenant is. Think of it in terms of a marriage a marriage is a covenant, the marriage covenant. Right when you got married to your spouse, what they had legally is now yours. What they had now legally is yours. There's a a partnership there, right? So when you went into covenant with God, and you step out of that covenant by living like the devil, that infuriates the Holy Spirit, and you bet that can cause a dry spell in your uh, in your Christian walk. Amen. You need to get back right with the Lord. Another thing here, part of that covenant is the giving of tithes and offerings to the Lord. That's part of the covenant. Amen? Now listen, the Holy Spirit, like I said, the Holy Spirit's angered by covenant breakers. You're like, where are you going with this money thing, Pastor James? Well, I got scripture right here. That's why Malachi 3, 8 through 10 says that if you don't give tithes and offerings to the Lord's work, You're cursed with a curse. Hey, now that's not talking to an unbeliever. Because an unbeliever is not in covenant with God. Amen? The the unbeliever is not in covenant with God. Now, the word tithe, for those who don't know it, means 10%. In other words, you make $50,000 a year, $5,000 is your tithe. Anything up and beyond that is called an offering. Amen? That's, That's what the Word of God considers tithe and offering. But this is written to believers. Some say, yeah, but giving of tithes was just in the law of Moses. No, it wasn't, because God told Abraham to tithe. And that was before the law of Moses. Amen. Now, we'll be doing a teaching on that later on. But you need to know that, because this could be the very thing that's, well, it says here, if you're not doing the tithe and offering thing, you're cursed with the curse. And you're not living the fullness that God has for you. How many of you know God works through people? What's the point of the tithe and offering? The point is to be used to spread the gospel around the world. How many of you know if everyone in this place didn't give to the Lord's work, this place would be shut down? We wouldn't be able to do any outreaches. We wouldn't be on the radio and touching people's lives. Amen? We wouldn't be able to do any outreaches. You're giving of tithe and offerings not to profit Pastor James. It's to profit the kingdom of God. Amen? and we're using that money wisely for that purpose. Look, we're moving into a build, beautiful building. Amen. And if we don't do our part, guess what? We're in that building, we rent it for 2 years and we're out and we're having a church in crossroads middle in crossroads school. Right? How many of you know God works through people? He expects us to do our part and he does his part. Part of that part, part of that covenant is the giving of tithes and offerings. Amen. And the word says God loves a cheerful giver, so put a smile on your face when you put that in the offering plate, amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, um, glory to God, glory to God. Listen to this. When a Christian lives a life of disobedience from God's word by breaking that covenant, by living a life of rebellion for not doing your part, not living up to your end of the covenant, the Holy Spirit, which started out as a friend, will quickly turn against you as an enemy. Go, when I read this, I about fell to the ground. Go to Isaiah 63. You're like, what do you mean an enemy? I'm a Christian. I, I might be a backslidden Christian, but I'm a Christian. What do you mean an enemy? Look, go to Isaiah 63. Let me show you something here. The Holy Spirit, which started out as a friend, will quickly turn against you as an enemy to fight against you. How many of you want the Holy Spirit on your side? Amen. Amen. Isaiah 63, 9 through 10. In here, it's talking about the children of Israel, how God helped the children of Israel. His chosen people now keep in mind. Look at this, verse 9 and 10. In all their affliction, uh, he was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved them, the children of Israel. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. And he bore them and carried them carried them all the days of old. Look at verse 10 here. This is what I want to pull out. But they rebelled. The Holy Spirit hates rebellion. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he, the Holy Spirit, turned himself against them as their enemy. Oh, <laughs> that's going over like a ton of bricks here and he fought against them his chosen people if you don't think the holy ghost takes rebellion from the word of god from a christian personally like i said he's not talking to an unbeliever here he's talking about those who are in covenant unsaved are not in covenant with god jesus called them a child of the devil until they get saved and born again get born again amen so the very one who created you, the very one who the word calls your helper, if you don't live up to your part of the covenant, it says he will turn against you and as your enemy and fight against you. How many of you in a backslidden state, maybe you're, you're back with the Lord now, but in your backslidden state, I mean, things, you would try to do things and you're just running against it into a brick wall. Nothing would seem to work out. Maybe the Holy Spirit was just shutting those doors because now he was an enemy to you because you committed high treason against your maker, who, by the way, you went in covenant with. Yeah, God, I make Jesus Lord of my life. I'm a Christian now. And you go back out and you're doing all, going back into bars and watching movies you ought not to watch. The Holy Ghost takes it personally. Now, 1 Peter 5.5, 5. what's another scripture I can give you that, that talks about the Holy Spirit not being too happy, about rebellion, about disobedience to the word as a Christian? 1 Peter 5.5 5 tells us that pride in our heart as a Christian, pride in our heart will cause the Holy Spirit to resist you. You know what resist means? push you away (laughs) he will resist you you're trying to draw close but you got pride in your heart Uh uh-uh the holy ghost says i'm not getting near that because that's sin and i'm not gonna anoint sin you hear what i'm saying i'm talking about living a holy life i'm talking about pleasing your heavenly father now think about it do you like to hang around people who are prideful People who are prideful and arrogant, they can just do everything themselves. Do you like hanging around people like that? I don't. Neither does the Holy Ghost. That's why it says, and he's talking to Christians in 1 Peter 5.5. And he says, if you got pride in your heart, I'm going to resist you. Amen? Next, making a vow to the Lord... And not fulfilling it offends and angers the Holy Spirit. When you make a vow to the Lord, a promise to the Lord. Have you ever, something come out of your mouth before? Lord, if you get me out of this situation, I'll do this. How many of you ever done that before? How many of you have not fulfilled it? (laughs) Woo. After this sermon, you're going to want to go back out and fulfill that thing. Listen. Making a vow to the Lord and not fulfilling it offends and angers the Holy Spirit. That's why the Word of God tells us not to be quick to make vows unless you intend to fulfill them. And one practical thing about that is people, when you have a building fund, they pledge money to a building. Oh, I'll give so much this year. That's a vow to the Lord. Amen? That's a vow to the Lord. And, uh, but, I mean, people just kind of shrug it off, but you vowed to the Lord, because that's the Lord's work, that building, amen? Uh, Oh, and by the way, don't lie to the Holy Spirit. Go to Acts chapter 5. Ah, I know some of this isn't shouting material. But how many of you know, part of the gospel, there's a believing side, and then there's a behaving side. Amen? There's a believing side, but you also be, better behave and live according to the word also. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not t- saying that the Holy Spirit's going to strike you dead like that the minute you mess up. What I'm saying is, let's be conscious enough to want to please him and to walk in obedience. And if we mess up, he's going to let you know, put it under the blood quick and get back in right standing with God. Amen? Look at Acts 5, 1 through 5. The point is, don't lie to the Holy Spirit. Don't make a vow to him if you're not willing to fulfill it. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. So evidently, they sold a piece of property or something. And they told the apostles, look, I'm going to give to your building project. This amount of money. What I make from this land, selling this land, I'm going to give to your building project. In a nutshell, you would say it today probably. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So he fell. He dropped dead. This guy dropped dead when Peter said this. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. That's why we got to be very careful to view A local church to view something just as something of men. This is God's work. This is the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Ananias and Sapphira, they obviously both, the wife knew about it obviously because she said she was privy to it. She knew what was happening. She knew that this wasn't all the money they vowed to the Lord. And uh, this is a New Testament account. Uh, I think the Holy Spirit was trying to get his point across. Amen? He was trying to get his point across. The Holy Spirit deals so strongly with rebellious Christians to bring others to fear the Lord and to reverence and respect his commands. Um, Acts 5.11 there, it goes on to say, And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. God takes covenant and vows very seriously, and we should also as his children. Amen? Now, next, the Holy Spirit is offended and grieved when we hold unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment toward another person. The Holy Spirit is offended and grieved when we hold unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment toward another person. Why is that? Why? Why would unforgiveness be a sin? Why would the Holy Spirit be grieved holding those kind of negative emotions? Because the very thing that you expect to receive from God through the Lord Jesus Christ, forgiveness of your sin, you are not willing to give to another. Think about it. You are not willing to give to another, not because you're not able to as a Christian, but because you simply choose not to forgive that person. If you're a Christian, the Holy Ghost lives on the inside. You have the love of God shed abroad in your heart. God wouldn't command us to do something that we're not able to do. Are you hearing me? Go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Someone needs to hear this today. In fact, read the back of the bulletin. That, that, that um, phrase there that Elizabeth tacked on there, the Holy Ghost had her put on there. Ephesians 4:25 through 32 want to read Therefore put in away lying let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another Be angry and sin not do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil Let him who stole steal no more no longer but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good that he may have something to give to him that needs. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is necessary for edification, that it may minister grace or strength to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed uh, for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness here it is. let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor in the evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another even, come on, even as God in Christ forgave you. The thing, it's, it's a sin. It's wrong because the thing you expect God to extend to you, forgiveness, you're not willing to give to another. For crying out loud, if Christ uh, went up on a cross, got nailed up on a cross, beat to a pulp to forgive you of your sins, it's not a stretch to forgive someone else. Amen? Amen? Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. And that includes forgiveness. And like I said, if you're a Christian, Romans 5, 5 says, the Holy Ghost, is, the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. You have, if you're a Christian, if you're truly born again, the love of God is in your heart. Because the Holy Ghost lives in your heart, your spirit, man. You have the ability to forgive. But you're just holding on to the junk of the past. Like I said, if you weren't able to forgive, God wouldn't even command it. But the grace of God is that he has empowered us to live a life of obedience to his word. He has empowered us to forgive that person. Amen? Jesus told a parable about a man who had a large debt and was forgiven of that large debt. But a man, that man, that same man who was forgiven, wouldn't forgive a smaller debt that someone owed him. And Jesus called that one who wouldn't forgive a wicked servant. A wicked servant. I have people ask me, well, how do I know if I've forgiven a person? Have you ever wondered that? How do I know if I've forgiven a person? So when I kept getting questions like that, I said, Lord, I said, how, how do we know if we've forgiven a person? How do we know if we've truly forgiven a person? And listen to this. He went on to say this. He said, you forgive others like I forgave you. Ephesians 5.1 came to me when, when the Lord spoke that to me. Ephesians 5.1, and it says, be imitators of God as dear children. Do what he does. Forgive like he forgives. He went on to say, do I throw your past sins back at you? I said, no. He goes, don't do it to another person then either. And then uh, he he said, if you've truly forgiven a person, you won't keep digging up the past. He said, when you can hear their name and you're not gritting your teeth then you forgive them. You forgave them. But if you hear their name and it still brings an anger to you, you haven't forgiven them. Because we're to forgive like God forgave. And the word says when, when we made Christ our Lord and Savior, he took our sins and he threw them in the deepest part of the ocean. You need to do the same with the offense of that person against you. Amen? Hallelujah. And it takes... A Christian who is walking in the Spirit to truly forgive a person. How many of you know as a Christian, you can either go in the way of your flesh or in the way of the Spirit, being led by the Spirit of God? And if you're if you're a, a carnal Christian being led by your flesh, forget it. You're not going to be able to forgive. But if you're going to see things through the eyes of the Word of God, if you're going to see things through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, if you're going to see things through the cross, you'll understand that it's not a stretch to forgive someone who's wronged you in life. Amen? Lastly, the Holy Spirit is offended and grieved when you develop relationships with those who are ungodly and rebellious toward God's word. This is a big one. This is a big one. The Holy Spirit is offended and grieved when you develop relationships with those who are ungodly and rebellious towards God's word, we as Christians are exhorted in the Word of God to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together in Hebrews 10:25. Now, that also that first off that's talking about get connected to a local church. Have Christian fellowship. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> listen, listen. We as Christians are exhorted in the word of God to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Listen to this. Notice how it says the assembling of ourselves. <laughs> ourselves together. He's not talking to the world there. He's talking to Christians. Evidently, it's pretty important for you to hang out with Christians and other people of faith. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. All right, now listen. Listen. Uh, A little bit of laughing up here. (laughs) Listen, the Holy Spirit is well aware of your success of your spiritual life hinges on those who you fellowship with. (laughs) Someone's getting ready to bust out there, too. Now quit it. You're going to make me laugh more. All right? Are your relationships with Christians who truly love and are living a life that is pleasing to God or not? Not? See, there are a lot, of Christ- or a lot of people who wear the title Christian, but there's no evidence. There's no fruit in their life who would convict them as a Christian. It's amazing. Uh, some people, you know, who don't know any better. They, you, so I ask people, who do you hang out with? And, you know, they're such and such. I say, well, are they a Christian? Well, they call themselves Christians. Well, what do you guys do? Well, we go to the bar and drink.
1: <laughs>
0: what are you talking about? <laughs> come on. Hey, we get sloshed. Oh, come on. Give me a break. There's a lot of people who slap the the title Christian on, but they're not Christian. They're not living for the Lord. Amen? Many of those people say, well, God knows my heart. And I say, yeah, well, we all do too because you're exposing it through your words and actions. Come on, listen, because Jesus said, the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And he said this also, That a good tree brings forth good fruit and a bad tree will bring forth bad fruit. Your actions. Fruit is talking about your outward actions. Amen? That's why I have a problem when people say they're born again and um, doggone it, every word out of their mouth is a four letter word. Come on! Amen? Right. So don't give me this God knows my heart stuff. No, you're exposing your heart in front of all of us by the words that are coming out of your mouth and by the actions the life that you're living. Amen? Amen. Go to Psalms 1. Psalms 1. (laughs) 1 through 2. How many of you like to laugh? Amen. Amen. It's okay to laugh in church, by the way. Right? The Bible says laughter is like a medicine. Laughter is like a medicine. It's good. It's good to laugh. Joy is good. Amen? God created joy. Hallelujah. (laughs) Now, now I'm going to finish up with this scripture right here, just to prove my point. Psalms 1, 1 through 2. It says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners. I want you to notice, it separates ungodly and sinners. Key right there. Underline them if you have a pen. Uh, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, the blessed man's delight, is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates in it day and night. It's talking about blessed or happy is the person who meditates in the word. But listen to me. That word ungodly there, notice I pointed out there's ungodly and then sinner ungodly there i believe it's talking about backslidden christians i believe it's talking about backslidden christians it says who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly how many of you know there's there's backslidden christians that there's no way i'm going to get spiritual advice from i'm not going to go to counsel for those backslidden christians because they're not even in tune with the holy ghost they're not in tune with the word right Be careful who you're hanging out with. Amen? Um, So, the Bible, like I said, the Bible's very clear. You want to know the secret of success? Get into the Word for yourself. Study it for yourself. Uh, Put time and effort into reading, studying the Word of God, praying, talking to your Heavenly Father. Doesn't have to be something where you have to get on your hands and knees, close your eyes, and fold your... No, just talk to Him. He wants communication with you. Amen? Be led by the Holy Spirit. And and surround yourself with other Christians. Have Bible studies on Friday nights at your house or something. Amen? Have something where you can rub shoulders with other Christians. And and connect yourself with other believers who who are maybe more mature than you are. Because that joy, that excitement for the Lord is going to rub off on you if you hang out with them. Right? But if you hang out with worldly people all the time, and that's who who your buddies are, (laughs) it's going to bring a spiritual drought, believe me. Amen? Do you receive it today? Stand up with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word today. Father, forgive us for grieving, for offending your Holy Spirit, the giver of life, the life source that lives within us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe there's someone in here this morning who has never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Jesus is the entryway. He is the door. He is the only way to get saved. If you have never made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to come forward this morning. And I want to pray with you so that you can have a new birthday. Yeah, that's right. A new birthday. The born again experience. Born again, meaning the Holy Spirit comes on the inside, and He washes that sin nature out of your spirit, man. And now you can live a life and be empowered to live a life that's pleasing to God. You, that line of communications opened up. If you never received Jesus as Lord, I want you to come to this altar. Number two, maybe there's someone here you've been a Christian for a while. You've carried the title, you've got the card, but there's no way. A jury would have any evidence to convict you as a Christian this morning. And frankly, you don't know if you'd go to heaven if you took your last breath this morning. If that's you, I want you to come down to this altar. I would not be walking the streets. I would not be riding in a car on these roads, not knowing that heaven is my eternal destination. If you want to rededicate your life, I want you to come to this altar. Number three, maybe you've been a Christian for a while. You received him as Lord. You're born again. Sure you are. You're born again. But you never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Well, you're operating at 50%. God wants you at 100%. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When you got born again, the Holy Spirit comes in your spirit. But now the baptism is exactly what it means. Baptism, immersion, the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a powerful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ if you've never received him the Holy Spirit baptism the fullness of the Spirit to be filled with the Spirit I want you to come to this altar and I want to lay hands on you and pray with you to receive him, the Holy Spirit baptism maybe there's someone in here who needs a physical healing in their body or just someone to pray and agree with them in prayer if you need a healing in your body come to this altar and we'll come in agreement I'm going to lay hands on you and we're gonna believe you're gonna recover in Jesus' name. Just worship the Lord as the music plays. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many of you are serious with the Lord? You received the message that was preached today. You've maybe found areas of your life that you need to change, and you're ready to make those changes. Amen? Is that you? I got some in mind I got to change, and this is a pastor talking, right? Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect, but we're growing. And our growing process should always be moving toward Jesus. Amen? You guys have a blessed week. Come back on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Amen? Wayne's got his final teaching on prayer. It's been awesome. Yes, visitors, if you want a free copy of a CD of any teaching, radio broadcast, on the back table there's a, a sign up sheet. They're free copies. You can take as many as you want. So God bless you. See you Wednesday.